Soccer Nation, your authoritative source for NCAA Division I collegiate soccer, hosted by Oklahoma Sooners head coach Matt Mott, Rice Owls head coach Brian Lee, and the Duke Blue Devils head coach Robbie Church. They've got the insights, strategies, and insider stories you won't hear anywhere else. From recruiting to national championships, the coaches have it covered. So lace up and let's hit the pitch with Coach Mott, Coach Lee, and Coach Church. College Soccer Nation, we are here for a pod. We have three limping coaches uh, coming into the pot, it wasn't a great weekend for a week for the uh, College Soccer Nation trio of coaches, but we are here to bring you a pod. A lot of interesting stuff, a lot of stuff going on. I'll start with myself. We got beat last night in the big Bedlam game down at Oklahoma State. 1-0 on a late goal, great goal from Oklahoma State. Um, but uh, we live to play another game, and that other game we get to play against is Oklahoma State again. So we turn around and play them on Saturday. But um, certainly happy on this podcast. We're going to go through a lot of stuff. I'm joined with Brian Lee from the Rice Owls, who had a tough, um, great, great draw over South Florida, but a tough game against Florida Atlantic. And then Robbie Church, who had a tough one against Florida State. So it's the nature of the beast when you play against good teams. But, boys, we're here to provide a – 45-minute to hour-long segment for our listeners um, to go over all things college soccer. Fellas, how are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt. <laughs> we don't have, Robbie and I don't have to worry about, you know, how all the conference tournaments have the gift, yeah. and you can choose between the five or six. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to worry about the team him and Han over the iPad or whatever it is, iPod <laughs> versus the blanket. Or your... Uh, I can't wait till the first person asks me where their $75 gift card is uh, <laughs> that, that comes out of the conference. Um, there, sorry, there's no gift cards. Santa, Santa is not coming. <laughs> but, you know, we actually, let me backtrack. We actually had a really good win at Virginia Tech on Thursday. Absolutely, you did. Yep. And, and the team looked really good. Yeah. Tough place to play. Uh, up in Blacksburg, for sure, with Jugger's group, who is a good group. But, boy, <laughs> did that end quickly on Sunday with uh, with a really, really good Florida State team. Their, top, their front five is as good as I can remember athletically. Um, direct going to goal, being able to play, and, and finishing. It was a clinic on finishing, and especially in the second half. So, congrats to them. Yeah, um, I watched a lot of game with Trichy. I thought it was and, – and, and, again, you had your chances for sure, but they were very good. Um, they were very good. Yeah. Let me say this. This is how I'm going to start. First question right off the bat. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that question for a little bit. All right, here we go. We're going to get into this. First question, this is to you, Coach Church. Recruiting services and now agents that are helping players. Valuable, not valuable, in your opinion, from a recruiting standpoint. Not valuable. I, I, I've got to put my eyes on them. I've got to see them. I know they can identify maybe some kids, um, but, you know, there's so many people you can reach out to, club coach, club coaches, national team coaches. Um, you know, they're just – but the recruiting service – you know, videos, takes we'll look at and say, oh, maybe that's somebody we want to go see at a tournament or just take a glance for sure. They will be glanced at, but – but the recruiting services, a direct call, indirect, or emails, just just not looking at them because everybody has a different opinion about players. 
and we have our opinion about what we're looking for. So we, our staff has to put eyes on eyes on them. Yeah. Ryan, anything that? Well, I think for international kid introductions, yep. they're pretty good mm -hmm. for the international ones and the ones that are at least, uh, you know, where Robbie's saying at least worth going to see. Um, but the domestic ones, I don't really find those helpful at all. Yeah. I, I think uh, Petroselli said it best on this pod a while ago. Everybody's got a highlight tape. Right? You can make you can make yourself look pretty good on a highlight tape. Um, and and but I, I agree, Rob. You gotta see your eyes. Good. All right, next question. This is for you, Brian. So I had a, a pretty long conversation, not long, I had a, a really good conversation last night with Colin before the game. <clears throat> and their um, new stadium is great. We'll get to that in my next question. But one of the things we discussed was teams sitting during the game on the bench or standing during the game. And why uh, is college soccer, so many college soccer teams, why do they stand? So what's your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts are it's American college and American kids. And I think what college kids in America want to do is be involved. And you can be doing the A&M cheers. You know how they used to do two bits, four yeah. bits, six bits, a dollar. You let the Aggies stand up and holler. I don't think that's what I, that's what I, I felt. Either, but, but, yeah. um, and it'd be a shame, you know, if they see their softball friends can cheer and do that kind of stuff and they got to sit down and just hang out. So to me, it's a really a specific thing to American college soccer. And I don't have a problem with it at all. If they want to cheer, knock yourselves out. If you want to sit on the bench, I don't really care either. Robbie, thoughts? Really could not have been said better than what Brian just said. I agree 100% with everything, including the part at the end. If they want to cheer, let's go, go with it at that point. I, I think, you know, um, I think there are times in the games where, you know, if the, the, the encouragement from the bench and the encouragement players can push some players through, most of the time, it they just kind of goes in death ear. But I just think it is it is an American thing, and it's a college thing, and it's being involved, being involved. And I do think, as Brian said, it also comes with softball. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, and even volleyball, right? They all stand too. Yep. But yep. I do think um, so. So, and I don't want to steal his uh, his thunder because I think it was a great point. But Colin said to me last night, and this is going to lead into my next question. You know, they have the. The, the, the facility set up there where it's very European style, where the benches are with the chairs for the players to sit in. And, and his point was when he asked his team, well, why do we stand? And they said, well, you know, the cheer and whatever. And he said, okay, I've watched every one of you guys play in club. You all sit in club. You don't stand on the side during club. Um, you, why can't you cheer from sitting down? Like everybody sits all over the world, all over even men's college. Like why do you guys stand and he posed this to his team, and his team was like, oh, we're gonna, we, we decided we're going to sit because they can cheer for sitting. And obviously last night they were cheering just as fine sitting as they were standing. And, and obviously it's not every team stands, but I do agree, Brian. It's kind of very um, – it's very specific to college women's soccer because the men, men don't stand. The men sit. A lot of teams sit. Anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't think either way, either way is right or wrong. I think yep. it just totally depends on the team. But um, I thought those were good points, right? They, they don't do it in club. Yeah, Robbie. You know, we tried. I don't know if it was when Irwin was here, maybe that, maybe it was that, or Karen with it. But we 
you know, we were like, we need to sit down. We want you guys to sit down and do this. And it lasted about six games, seven games, eight games maybe. And we had a pretty big uproar about it to the point we were like, okay, let, let's not make this a bigger deal than it really is Yeah, on the team with it. But we, we did try and it worked a little bit, but they really wanted to be involved with the game. So it kind of got a little bit of backlash on that too. Just a little, what do you guys think about this? So at Rice, if if you didn't play in the first half, when we go in at halftime, you stay on the field and warm up in case you might play in the second half, a la what every other team in the world does outside of America. What are your general thoughts on that? Kind of the same thing. Yeah, I've always struggled with what if you're changing something at halftime and they're going to go in in the second half. Now they haven't heard what you talked about. And I, I think that's a very specific question. And I don't think what you're doing is wrong, Brian. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I just I just wonder that. And I think that's a cultural thing in your program that if you've set that standard and they're used to it, it's no problem. I think if you haven't done that, um, changing to that would take some time just because they're going to think they're being outcasted, that they're not going to play, so on and so forth. So it's uh, – it's a, a very professional way to look at it. And um, I think if you can do it, it's great. But that would be my only question off the top of my head is, okay, what if I'm changing the, the tactics? What if we're changing the, the shape or whatever yeah. in the second half? They haven't heard that conversation. So, Well, what, what we do with that is if someone's coming on at halftime, um, we'll tell them what we need to tell them before we go in. Because if we got more than two minutes of information or they can't comprehend it in three minutes, yeah. Yeah. then yeah. a <laughs> halftime to disaster once we go in. And yeah. if, I, if I'm being too complicated for somebody, you know, with the changes to come in the second half or what they need to do or just job responsibilities, then that's a train wreck as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Brian, my wife, which – and I can say this because she doesn't listen to this. My wife <laughs> – Thinks that is the worst thing ever. We would go to the men's game, and the men's mm-hmm. they had to do it. And my lovely wife, Linda, who is an assistant coach, nobody knows, but she is an assistant coach. Uh, <laughs> Minus two. Mine's that very I good hear about. Um, think is, that is absolutely the worst thing ever when the men do that. Leave, <laughs> leave the boys out there and not let them be part of the talk or hearing anything too or stretching and getting ready. So that's. That's hilarious. The uh, don't you think when the guys are out there at halftime, aren't they having the time of their life? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They are. They are. They're so happy to be out there striking balls. I'll say this though, Churchy, about the assistant coach um, spouse. Um, my wife is brilliant, brilliant. Early on in our days of of dating, she would want to give me her full opinion, right, of what she thought. Now yeah. she's learned, and I've told a lot of people this that have started getting married, did a coach, whatever. She'll start out with, depending on win or lose, she'll say, so how do you think you played? Yeah. Right? And then she'll work off of that. Well, how was the, How do you think Susie did? And yeah. if I said Susie was crap, she's like, yeah, I thought so too. And <laughs> I said Susie was great. She's like, yeah, man, she was really good. So she's yeah. learned. Uh, so it's actually enjoyable to talk to her now after the games yeah. as opposed uh, to early on yeah. where I was like, I don't care what you think. So, uh, yeah. Why did she play? Why did she play so long? And why did she, <laughs> yeah. not, why did she not play? And can you not get her to score goals? <laughs> so, the, uh, I'll give you a really good one. And my ex-wife wasn't that so concerned. It was kind of wonderful. I could go home and not worry about soccer because she usually didn't know if we won or lost. 
just not that into it. <laughs> the, uh, but she did tell me one time, I came home, we had lost like a game to win the regular season title. And this is probably 10, 15 years ago. I don't remember what it is or who it was against, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I just can't believe it. We were so flat when the game started. We, you know, it's like we didn't know it was an important game. It's for the league title, last game of the year. And my wife said, well, did you tell them? I was like, well, what do you mean? Their standings, you know, we, we talk about winning trophies, you know, all year. No, but did you tell them that today was the day, <laughs> today was the day or whatever? I was like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm trying not to make them that nervous about it. So we got to downplay it a little and it's just another game, but we need to win because, you know, we'll win the league. I mentioned it. She's like, oh, that's not enough. You got to constantly tell them if you if, if it's a big game. <laughs> and you know what? Every big yeah. game says, I tell them and we win more. <laughs> it is true. All right. Let's uh, last last thing of the questions and we get into a little game we're going to play um, is uh, facilities. So I was just at, at Oklahoma State. If you haven't been there, it is the nicest soccer facility I've ever been to. Hard to say as the Oklahoma coach, but it is uh, it is really, really nice. They 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 dotted every I, crossed every T, um, just put together a beautiful stadium. It was packed. Uh, it was great atmosphere, one of the best atmospheres I've played in. It reminded me back in the days when, when Texas would play Texas A&M and, and we'd go down A&M and they would packed in st- everywhere that's what it was like um but they they've they've handled every detail the visiting locker room was the nicest visiting locker room i've ever been to the the hallways the just the facility was was top class how much does that help or i'm and there's no way it hurts but how much does it help brian what do you think well the idea behind facilities is recruiting right right we got uh, uh, you know fan experience a little bit but it's about recruiting what can we show the kids Yada yada yada. I'm not sure there's a been a women's soccer stadium built in the last decade that the team that got it had any bounce recruiting wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's uh, UNC hasn't had a bounce. That place pretty nice, isn't it, Robbie? It's lovely. It's great. You know, and they always <laughs> recruit pretty well. But I didn't get them one more recruit. Mm-hmm. Remember when Tennessee built their new stadium? Yep. Yeah, state of the art. That thing was awesome, and they used to have bleachers or whatever. Recruiting got worse. Um, you know, Oklahoma State; those guys have done fantastic and had plenty of Sweet Sixteen, Top Ten teams. Won plenty of Big Twelves. Since the stadium, there's been zero boost in recruiting. Um, I think I think it's a. I understand that we all want to play in the nicest place, and I think there's definitely a player experience piece of it, piece of it. Um, but the idea that it helps recruiting, I don't think there's any evidence anywhere to say that's true. Hmm. Interesting. Robbie. Yeah, I think, I think Brian's got to make a really good point. Um, I think there are some kids that are enamored with the bling bling stuff out there and they really like, you know, and I think there's a number of kids that are, I, especially when we used to recruit early, in ninth grade, mm. that was a disaster. <laughs> that was a disaster because all yeah. they were seeing was what was bl- your bling bling stuff. You know, what was the fancy stuff that you had, your GPSs, everything else out there. But I tell you where I use it more than anything else is in rec- is in scheduling. I, you know, I'm not going to go, we're not going to go to a bad facility. We're going to yeah. go to, a good, you know, if it's like East Carolina, 
And I know we talked about that. They have a phenomenal, phenomenal facility down at East Carolina. So if we're going to play a mid-level uh, team, Greensboro, you would see Greensboro's got a great oh, yeah. level minor schedule last year. If we're going to play, you know, a mid-level Southern Conference, Brian Lee's conference um, uh, as former commissioner uh, coming up. <laughs> Future commissioner, commissioner. future commissioner of the Southern Conference. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go to. It's got to be a good facility. It's got to be a yeah. nice facility to, to play. Obviously, the most important thing is the field, the grass, the grass in the field. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I don't I don't have a strong opinion. I think you know it's always keeping up with the Joneses, and you want to be nice. And I think athletic departments as a whole focus on facilities, um, which are as important. And again, you got to have like Robert saying, you got to have something. You got to have something. You can't. You know, a bad facility is not helping. There's no way, right? Uh, but a good facility is helping. Just how much is helping? And again, if we're talking about men's soccer, Oklahoma State would be the number one team in the country. I think that's true if they had men's soccer because that place is unbelievable. But anyway, okay, let's keep moving. We got a lot to get to. All right, I so we're going one to more side point though, Matt, yeah. on all of this. You know what really works in modern day as well? I do think you get a recruiting boost from this. Uh, bringing kids to like Tiger Stadium or Texas football yeah. game, you know, if your football stadium is nice at some of these places, that's a way bigger deal to some of these yeah. kids than if the soccer facility is nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I true. It's Cameron, true. Indoor right. stadium, Cameron Indoor Stadium, they want to, they want to see that it. Helps. It's, yeah, I hope, I hope athletic directors aren't listening to this, and I'm sure they're not. <laughs> So that they don't hear yeah. this. Yeah. No ADs yes. are allowed. No ADs are allowed to hear this. this one. All right, here we go. We're gonna play. We're gonna bring it back. We haven't played this. I don't think with you, Churchy. This is a new game. This no, game is called "Just Shut Up, Matt." No. Just <laughs> shut up. So you can either agree with me, or you got to say if you disagree, you have to say "Just shut up, Matt." Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna ask you a I bunch of questions. Already. We're gonna go through the Power Nine. We're going to talk about who's getting in, who's not, not specific teams, more about numbers. Um, and so we're going to do, uh, it'll be good. But my first question right off the bat, and Churchy, you can't answer this one because you're still in the mix of it, okay? Um, here it is, Brian. Okay. FSU, UCLA, UNC. One of those teams does not win the national championship. Oh, that's easy. Just shut up, Matt. <laughs> there's only there's only three contenders, and I'm not sure North Carolina really makes it three. They're for sure two, FSU and UCLA. And if they're not on the same side of the bracket, you know, there's a real chance they're playing in the final. UNC and all those draws makes it a little questionable. But the field, who's the field? Penn State couldn't even win the big uh, – Big time. Oh, we, 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 we were going to get to that. We're going to get to that, you uh, and your Penn State here a little bit. Uh, we'll get back to that. Don't worry. I thought it was Robbie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do we have the tape from last week? Handy? Yeah, exactly. Darren, we run the tape, tape for us. from yes. last week. Thank yes, you. Thank yes. You. Yes. Who's got home games? Oh, the home games. All right, here we go. Let's go on. Here we go. This is a fun one. All right, we'll start out again. Uh, we'll go. We'll go with the Big Ten to start. Okay, here's the question. Will they get nine teams in? Here are your choices. Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan State, Ohio State, Rutgers, Indiana. Michigan not in the tournament is number 41. Iowa, I believe, is in the tournament at 52. And Northwestern is 62. 
Well, all those, that's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's 11 teams to pick from. Will they get in nine? Out of those 11. Out of those 11, will they get in nine? Probably you go first. There's, oh, there's I don't have to tell reasons. you to shut up if I believe they're getting in nine, right? So you right. You say you're right, Matt. You 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 are right, Matt. Okay. <laughs> you're going with nine. Yes. Okay, so you're saying either Iowa or Michigan or Northwestern are getting in, correct? Because you got Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan State. That's four. Ohio State's five. Rutgers six. Indiana seven. Michigan would be eight, so that means Iowa or Northwestern you think is getting in, Churchy. Iowa at 52, Northwestern at 62. Nobody, you, you're the guru of, uh, of this. Nobody at the 51 or 52 has gotten in, right? No, we, 57 has gotten in. 57. I think Iowa's got a legitimate chance to get in. I mean, they, I was going to play in the they, tournament they, here. So that, yeah, yeah, they've got a good chance. They've got a legitimate – they've got to win a game or two. Yeah, they got to win a game or two, so I think they will win a game or two and get okay. in. Okay, all right, Brian. Well, <clears throat> Iowa's already got two top forty wins, and playing Michigan State twenty six um, back to back here at the end of the season isn't going to kill that. I think Iowa's in. I think Michigan's RPI looks great, but they're a little bit dicier. They're kind of hanging on. All they've got positive is the big win over Notre Dame, which is a big deal. Um, but Notre Dame number 11. Yeah. At 42, I mean, they'll be one of the last two or three teams being talked about. That's for sure. Northwestern's got a tougher road. You know, their, their best win whew, is 52, Iowa. And they're coming in on – Winning two of their last ten, I think this says. Mm. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Iowa in. I'm gonna take Northwestern out, and I'm gonna put Michigan on the very very thinnest of lines at the back of the bubble. Uh, but that Notre Dame win probably gets them in. So what does that mean? What's my answer? Matt? Means you agree with Matt? Yes, Matt. I agree with Matt. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one. Let's go on over to the SEC. Will they get nine teams in? Here you go. Uh, the well, we'll just do the bottom four. The bottom four, so you get they got five locked in. Bottom four: Tennessee, Kentucky, Texas A&M, LSU. All four of those get in. Isn't that five? How many did you say? Tennessee, Kentucky, A&M, LSU. Shut up, Matt. Shut up, Matt. All right. Who, you don't have to tell me who, but who, what do you, think? Up, you don't think they're getting in nine? I don't think they're getting in nine. Okay. Coach Lee? Well, I mean, you're going to have to do the math on the number of teams. I think LSU gets in with a draw or a win against A&M in the last game, for sure. Those four, those four are the four that would have to get in because then you drop down to, like, I think uh, Auburn or, or Ole Miss is in the sixties. Auburn. So all four of those you were saying are 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 getting. Are in. you are you saying are you? Yeah. My question is, do you think all four of them? Oh wait, Vanderbilt's fifty four. I don't even have them in. Um, 
the, I mean, it's tricky. Vanderbilt needs to – well, I'll, let me put it this way. Vanderbilt versus Tennessee is an elimination game. That's in the first okay. round. You see that all the time. Winner of that game gets into the NCAAs. Loser, despite Tennessee's RPI, they're in a nervy, nervy, nervy spot. You know, their big win is Cal in the opener, who's 53. That's their best win. But they have good draws, right? For, they have a couple of good draws? They do. They do draws against South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. So three pretty good draws. And they're but, sitting at 30. Yeah, but, I mean, tell me this. You used to be on the committee. They have two top 100 wins. Two. Mm. When, mm. You know. I mean, and, and what's what? And Cal's the good one? Cal is 53. That's their best win. So they're, you know, wow. Yeah, their RPI doesn't make sense, based to be fair. Um, but I would, so I'd be, but then, and again, you know, if they don't beat Vandy, they don't make the, the SEC tournament, I don't think. Actually, oh, I'm sure of that. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that puts them at 11th in the league at best. And whew, yeah, interesting. Okay. Let's keep moving. So you're saying just shut up, Matt. Oh, no. Robbie says just shut up. They're going to only get eight. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really tough right now. I think if LSU beats or draws A&M, they're in. Too many good wins. Um, I might be missing a team you were talking about. I think A&M is in. Oh, Kentucky's Kentucky. the other one you were talking about, right? I, I think Kentucky's in. I feel like they're the one They're the one that this group is in. I mean, they're 9-2-5. and five. They play Ole Miss in their last game. 9-2-5. and five. They better beat Ole Miss. Kentucky's wins are 54 Vanderbilt and 18 Alabama. And then they've got draws against 27 and 43. The eight, the Alabama. So that's solid. That's solid, Brian. That's a solid resume. Yeah. yeah. The 18. I mean, you, and they don't have a bad loss, right? No, their only losses are to 16 and 15. They're in. I bet there's, well, the, you look at that non-conference streak of schedule is probably not very good. That would be the other thing that could, could hurt them. But that's, that's too much. That's too much. And they, they need to be Ole Miss. Um, to not, if they beat Ole Miss, they're a lock. Yep. Yeah, they don't beat Ole Miss, then it seems to see what their number goes to because their number's not great because obviously their non-conference schedule wasn't great. Yeah, so I think the odds are the uh, – I agree with you that they will get the extra four in, but it is pending. So they'll get – Yeah, Kentucky's got to beat Ole Miss. LSU needs a draw or a win. And the winner at Tennessee, Vanderbilt, for their sakes, don't draw. Yeah, yeah. So really, yeah, so that Tennessee-Vandy is uh, pretty much an NCAA elimination game. Could be because Vandy's at 54 now. Vandy's in the tournament, so they're going to win a couple games in the tournament. Maybe they get in two, but that makes it the that makes the the uh, mountain a lot tougher to climb for sure. Okay, all right, here we go. ACC Church, you're out on this one. This is just a Brian question. FSU, UNC, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Duke. Are they the only teams that make it for the ACC? And I, it's almost a gift of a question. Because Wake is 82, Virginia Tech's 88, and Virginia's 91. So uh, the question. You did say Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Yeah. UNC, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Duke. That's 100%. That's done and dusted. If Wake, I mean, Wake has to make the final of the ACC tournament with that number, they got to go win yeah. two, right? And yeah. that'll probably bounce the number into the top 50, even this late in the season. So, but that is, that is a tall, tall, tall task. I mean, and no, no offense, Churchy, because luckily you're in, so that's that's good. I mean, you got to win this last one. You got to win. You got to win the last one. We have faith in you. But anyway, that is this the weakest ACC season 
in the last 15 years? Well, has there been a year, and you can you can respond to this, Churchy. Yeah. Has there been a year in the last 15 that the ACC's had that few teams in? I mean, they're usually hovering in the 8, 9, right. 10 range. And I think it all started in the non-conference. We did not win enough non-conference games. That's sure. what, I mean, Wake Forest is a good team. Virginia Tech is a is a good team that are that are in there, but they did not win enough non conference games. Wake Forest got killed because of the Brown. They they were supposed to play at Brown, and they got it's when the storms were early in in September, and they lost that big RPI game, and that's what they mm -hmm. and then some of the teams did not turn out to be like everybody's scheduling. Yeah, um, I mean, I, well, Virginia took all the injuries too, right? Virginia, like Virginia had the injuries too. Um, so I, I do, you know, I think this, I think you can say that, but I do think some of these, I think where, where we lost was in the non-conference, um, a lot of yeah. points there. And, and let me just say this. And, and again, we, we, the three of us love everybody. This is not personal and <laughs> anything that we say ever, right. We love all the coaches. It's just stats and numbers and facts, but at some point, the bottom part of your, of your conference has to start to make some moves. Right, sure. somehow, like they need to start figuring out, like doing a better job in their non-conference scheduling or something. They got to start helping out because it's starting to now really take effect of the top guys. Um, and and this, you know, now you know you're going from, you know, some, you know, think about was it last year, Brian? Last year, Chris was on the pod with us. We were talking about the four number one seeds are going to be all ACC teams, right? Yep. Now, now they're going to be lucky to get one. Well, no, I guess Florida State, and North Carolina, maybe, but still. They're not going to be. It's not like it was, and maybe it's just maybe it's just one of those years. But it's the bottom of the league is not helping um, well, uh, the rest of the years. It's the first time though it's been coupled with you know we're taking a normally top ten RPI minimum, a lot of times top five Virginia, and put them right around one hundred in the yeah. RPI. And you know for Wake Forest issue, their best win is seventy three App State right now. But they were this time I'd call it unlucky. It's probably helped them make the tournament, but they played two wins Syracuse, three win Boston College, Louisville, and they got three win Miami on it. Because that is not going to help your RPI number. Oh, that's not you know, if those teams are winning that few of games and you got to play them all. Um there needs to be a scheduling conversation, Churchy, in your league, in my opinion. But you know, you do what you want. All right, here I, we go. We'll you know, keep moving. But I do think oh, yeah. Clemson, Clemson and Notre Dame also need a little bit of love up there in Pittsburgh too. Those five teams are really good. Yeah, they are, but the numbers aren't, aren't I mean, again, Clemson's 10 and Notre Dame's 11, Pittsburgh's yeah. 25. Those are pro they're probably two. They're all three of those are probably too low. Yeah. Well, um, exactly. because of the schedule. If, if you are subjectively picking the NCAA tournament on how good the teams are, Wake's in for sure. I've seen Wake play. Yeah. Virginia's yeah. probably still in. Yep. And Virginia yeah. Tech's got a heck of an argument if we're just yep. watching them play. The issue yeah. is we're not watching them play. And do I think no. all three of those teams finished fifth or sixth in the Big Ten or the SEC? Absolutely. 100%. But the Big Ten going to get nine teams in, and the SEC might get ten. And all of those teams are better, but the numbers are worse. Yeah. Okay. we got to keep moving. Uh, we're going to the Big 12. Here's the first question. Again, the, the game is just shut up, Matt. The Big 12 will have a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Ooh, that is interesting. 
What are the what's Texas Tech and BYU RPIs? BYU is number two today. Texas Tech is number five. Yeah. True. Oh, I agree. Gen- genius yeah. Matt. Genius Matt. I get Churchy. You you're a lot nicer to me than Chris was. Genius. Yeah, I bet Chris loved this game. I bet he loved <laughs> yeah, he, this he game. Did. He did. I, I think they will. And I think it will be BYU. Okay. Right? I agree. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Simple. Next question with the back Big 12. Big 12 will get at least five teams in. Right now, you have BYU, Texas Tech are two and five. TCU is 40. Ten, uh, Texas is 49. UCF is 50. All five of those teams make the NCAA tournament. Just for uh, information, uh, Texas plays West Virginia, who's 137. And TCU plays UCF. Hmm. Will we get say- will the Big 12 get in five? Oh, just shut up, Matt. The TCU-UCF game is a de facto elimination game for sure. They both need a result to have positive top 50 results. I think TCU's got one, and UCF does not have one. UCF don't even have a draw against a top 50 team. So, But they get one if they beat TCU because they're not going to drop too far. And then they're under consideration, probably still need to win another game. Um. You know, right now, UCF's best result is a draw against Texas Tech. Their best win is number 80, South Florida. Um, yeah. So, in TCU, TCU's got the win over AM, who's 43, and a win over SMU is 56. And same thing. I mean, do these two teams, I like watching UCF play, and TCU is certainly an NCAA level team. That's a no brainer. But you got to have the numbers to back it up. That Texas win over TCU was massive. Uh, they've got a draw with Gonzaga, but that's about it for them as well. So wherever the tournament goes bad for it, uh, the Big 12 could have three teams. So just shut up, Matt. Five's not happening. Okay. Robbie? Well, no, I, I agree 100%, but I want to say it. Just shut up, Matt. <laughs> God, that felt good. That actually felt really, really good. Dude. So, um, I'm glad I, you enjoyed it. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> All right, here we go. Big 12. Or no, sorry, sorry. Pac-12. Pac-12 will have a number one seed. Currently, UCLA is sixth in the RPI. I'm sorry. The Pac-12 will not have a number one seed is the question. I mean, I don't know who's voting number six. The RPI, talk about taking uh, subjective versus objective. Even with the objective, UCLA's got a win over 15. Their loss is to number two. They got a win over 37 and 22. And they still got eight Stanford to play and 33 Southern Cal and 53 Cal, which are all going to help their numbers when they go 3-0. and I don't want to jinx them like Penn State. But in Marguerite, <laughs> in Marguerite we trust. There it is. 17-1 and Pac-12 champ with that number of good wins and their loss being to BYU at BYU. Early. And, you know, so not only are they going to have a number one seed, here's an, an early one for you. They're also going to be the national champions. 
Matt. So oh. in, in trust, they will have a one seed. So what do you say? Just shut up, Matt. <laughs> oh. hey, I don't yeah. laugh every time. Why are we talking about Stanford? They have a very similar schedule, right? And they're number eight, 14, 0 and two. And if they win those three games out, they're they will be Pac-12 champions for the last time. Uh, get the get the banner to hang for the last time ever. Um, so I think there's I think they could if they win those last three games, they vault up into be a number one seed. And so yeah. now you have they have two shots. They have UCLA, they have Stanford in those last three games to win them all, to win it all. So with that, just <laughs> shut up back. All right, here we go. Uh, well, Pac-12. By the way, there's going to be a solid argument. They have two. If UCLA and Stanford draw and win the other two, they're yeah. going to be ahead of Texas Tech. They'll finish it. I'd lined up next to each other. Those seven draws for North Carolina going to look pretty big, and it'd be Florida State, UCLA, Stanford, and probably BYU. I got to tell you, being part of this, I hate it for the committee. If the UNC wins the tournament or something and doesn't be a number one, it is not pretty. All right, here we go. Pac-12 will get in six. UCLA, Stanford, Arizona State, Washington State, Cal, 53, Washington, 63. Do they get in six? I'm giving you four. UCLA, Stanford, Arizona State, Washington State. That's four. Will Cal and Washington both get in? What a, what's, what's the biggest wins that Washington State has? What is their... Washington State is sitting at 37. 37, yep, I see that. They have – was it something in non-conference? Oh, 68. No, they don't, they don't have a great – oh, 43, yeah, Texas A&M. A &M. 43 A&M, 71, uh, 83, 68. And they only have – they have Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington left. So they don't have a chance to get another – Good one, but if they win all three, their number's 37, they're going to jump up into, you know, 28, something like that, maybe. That, that Washington game's going to be big. That Washington yeah. is going to be huge with the, a rivalry like that. And, you know, so, that's, and that's the last time they – Remember Cal, too. Yeah. Well, Cal's, Cal's got, best Cal's win. But Cal's got Cal's UCLA set. Go ahead, Brian. All right, Cal's best win is Arizona 83 right now, and then it's 90 San Francisco, you know, the Santa Clara killers up there. Um, and they got a draw with Washington State that had to have a draw with Arizona State. So they're hanging on draws right now and a draw with Santa Clara. Cal wins, God, they probably got to win two or three, you know, get the RPI up a little and have quality wins. But they finished oh, at UCLA, at Southern Cal, and at Stanford. Oh, God, all three of them away. All oh, three away. Bad scheduling for the back 12. God, that's terrible. That's painful to be them. Steve Cal, last year, welcome to the ACC. They're, they're going to enjoy coming to the ACC with that type of scheduling. <laughs> Finish up with those three. They're going to they're gonna think the ACC is a, is a cupcake walk scheduling through that. I mean, what the heck? Three away yeah. and those three? Yeah, that's, that's vicious. That is vicious. Um, so, are they getting in six or not? Oh, just shut up, Matt. 
it's going to take some real conniving here at the very last minute for them yeah, to get one more some, in, yeah. much less two. I agree. For sure. Can I uh, say it again? Just shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Feel free. Love it. It's an awesome day. Can we bring this back every week? (laughs) All right. Uh, These last couple, most of these leagues don't have much interesting in them really too much. Ivy, uh, will they get in four? Princeton, Brown, Harvard, or Locks at this point. And then Columbia's at 28. But have a little look at Columbia's Columbia's, uh, record and results. Don't scream of a 48 team. They have one win in the top 100, two wins in top 100. Providence, 45 is looming pretty big right now. They get Princeton in their last game, though. Columbia needs wait, a result. Wait, wait, wait. They oh. have a chance. Wait, who's Providence? They beat Providence? They beat Providence away. Who's number 45? Oh, yeah, they sure did. Oh, I missed that earlier. Okay. Um, so, so, answer the question. Brown, Princeton, Harvard, Columbia, all four getting in? I think the NCAA loves putting uh, putting uh, Ivy League teams in. And when there's one spot for Columbia, Michigan, Washington State, and Cal, it's going to Columbia. Wow. <laughs> strong. Keep that one. Keep that one on the record, Robbie. Keep that on the record. I'm so glad I'm not sitting in that room in another week. Oh, God. I'm so glad I'm not doing that. Oh. Makes my stomach kind of turn thinking about it. Yeah. Um, all right, Churchy, what do you think? Shut up, Matt. Oh, you don't think Columbia's getting in? I don't think Columbia's getting in. Okay. All right. All right. Um, ACC, a, sorry, AAC is a little uh, not interesting, so I had to make it interesting. If <laughs> Memphis, we think, is in, okay, SMU makes the final and loses in the final to Memphis. Is SMU an NCAA tournament team? That and that's gonna be really, really hard. They're hanging on the win against Tennessee, who's 30. And there's if you don't beat Memphis in the tournament, there's nothing numeric for you that would really help. So they they've got to win the tournament. So your answer is? I don't know. I'm not sure what your side was. You know what I want my answer to be? My side was that, yeah, yeah. (laughs) my side is, my side was they lose in the final and they get in. No, shut up, Matt. Okay, Churchy? (laughs) Shut up, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) You're enjoying this way too much. Can I have a recording? I'm just going to make a recording and push the button over here when when it happens. Oh, God. All right. Um. It's a pretty easy one, but WCC, Santa Clara, Pepperdine, and Gonzaga. All three in? Genius. You're a genius, Matt. You're a genius. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, one more for you. I'm going to read these numbers, and I want you to tell me, are they a top 16 seed? Okay, not going to give you the name. Just going to give you the numbers, wins and losses. Okay, here you go. Win over 255, win over 63, win over 32. Lost to 18, win over 168, win over 241, win over 69, win over 220, win over 147, win over 56, win over 267, 
Went over 79, went over 160, went over 143, went over 275, went over 221. Best win is 63. And no, sorry. Best win is 56. Is that team a top 16 seed? Oh, top 16 seed? Top oh. 16 seed. No, but they are seeding 32 now, right? They are seeding 32. Chance for that. Shut the hell up, Matt. Not a top 16 seed. <laughs> you know that, Churchy? I like that even better. Shut the hell up, Matt. I like that. Are we um, going to guess the team? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yeah, guess it. Quit looking it up, Brian. I'm not. It's Memphis. I'm going to bet. It is Memphis. So yeah. they're not a top 16 team, but what are they? What are they ranked in the country right now? 10th last week. Now, I'll say it? this. It's a little it's... of the subjective stuff. Obviously, I've seen a lot of Memphis. Yep. Uh, they got five goals against. Two were penalties. Um, and their front line is fantastic, and they're not giving up goals. But here's the issue. The issue for Memphis is what's happened lately is everyone is sitting so deep on them that they really mm. have no chance to play. They're winning a bunch of 1-0 games in the league. But, you know, teams are making it very, very difficult and sitting as deep as any women's college soccer teams you'll ever see sit um, because the mismatch is, is very, very large with everybody in the AAC. Um, so I'll say they end up seated 17 to 32. And Lord knows nobody outside UNC, uh, UCLA or FSU wants to see them early in their bracket. Got it. OK, here's the next one. Is this team a top 16 seed? I'm just going to give you the numbers. Loss at number six, win at 50, tie at 76, win 165, win 48, tie at 10, tie at 18, win at 90, loss at 44, win 107, win 54, loss 12, tie 81, win 30, win 36, loss 27. There it is. Is that team... At eight, four, and four, is that team a top 16 seed? So, again, best wins are 48, 50, 54, 30, and 36. Ties with 10 and 18. My Only guess the, losses, is the four losses are 27, 44, 6. My guess and, is, is, and what was your last one? What's the last loss? The losses are 6, 44, 12, and 27. I would say Matt's a genius. They are a top 16 seed. Too many good results. Georgie? Genius. I think they're... There's some good results. That team is the University of Georgia, who is currently 15 in the RPI. Yeah, I was going to tell you, you know what that sounds like? That sounds very Big Tenny or SEC overrated teams yeah. in the RPI. I mean, that, that, <laughs> it just is what it is. Yeah, the numbers are the numbers. Okay, um, that's all I got for the uh, Just Shut Up, Matt, segment. Let's uh, let's move on to the everyone's favorite. All right. Big games with Coach <laughs> Robbie Church. Well, we don't Here have – you guys can stay in your seats because we don't have as many <laughs> big games this week. Do not take a break. Do not go get a sandwich or do whatever you have to do. 
But we have some important games, and all these big games may not be a big game for both teams. It may be a big game for one team that has to that has to win. We're gonna start tomorrow. We're gonna start tomorrow. We're gonna start in the Big South too. USC Upstate. I think we talked about them a couple of weeks ago. What a great, great year they've had for a program that's traditionally not been very good. Is traveling to Charleston Southern for, for a big game. Everybody's favorite team at 11-3-0 and 9-0-0. Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac is traveling to Manhattan in a big game to, to continue to build their resume to greatness over here. Patriot League game. Patriot League game. Bucknell, they're trying to catch Army. They travel to Lehigh on Wednesday. Getting some really interesting games just as we talked about earlier, here they go on Thursday. Pac-12 games. California travels to UCLA. Stanford travels to US, to USC. ACC games. Not many people are talking about the job Eddie's done, but he's done a fantastic job at Clemson. Clemson traveling to Nate in at Notre Dame. Uh, Mississippi. Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, Mississippi State going to Arkansas. I think that's – yeah, Mississippi State, I think, is going to Arkansas. Uh, Mountain West, big game in the Mountain West. Utah State going to Boise State. Uh, Northern In the MAC, Northern Illinois traveling to Bowling Green. Bowling Green trying to catch Bowling Green, get to the top, get to the top of the league there. Uh, Sunbelt, Old Dominion. Old Dominion is traveling to Louisiana Monroe. Back to the ACC. It's an important game for us to travel into Louisville, and I'm doing the big game, so I can throw that in there. I can put <laughs> in there too. And the American East, in America, my my second favorite team of the year, the Maine Black Bears, which only have one loss of the year. They're hosting New Hampshire in a big game in the conference. Wake Forest, who we're talking about, has to get some wins. Uh, traveling to Miami. Big East, Connecticut, again, everybody talks, and, and rightfully so, with Xavier, with Georgetown, but UConn has had a fantastic year with two only two losses. They are traveling, trying to keep up with the big boys in the conference there, traveling to Seton Hall. On Friday, in the Southlands, uh, Southeastern Louisiana tra uh, traveling to Lamar. Lamar is undefeated in the conference and do having a great year. The Southland, again, Texas A&M Commerce going to McNeese State and a big game there. We have to give a little bit of love for the SWAC. Our number one team, Grambling State, they're going to be hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Conference USA, New Mexico, who is a top of their league, is, tra is traveling to Western Kentucky, to a big game for the, the Hilltoppers. Uh, back in the Ivies, back in the Ivies, trying to stay on top, and Will Clinton Conference is, is Brown, but Darkman trying to stay in the conversation. And they may come back to the conversation if they could get a big win. Great game out, great game out of the whack. Santa Claire going to Gonzaga. How about that? That's the one you want to buy your tickets for. That's going to be a big game. Um, also, I mean, how can you not you have big games? And I know Yale's had a bad year, uh, but Harvard going to Yale is always a great, great rivalry, whatever you want to talk about, too. So that is Saturday games. Sunday games, not many, but they're all huge. Stanford, UCLA. Okay. Well, Sunday Sunday afternoon, Cal USC, Arizona State, Colorado is another big game, really big game in that conference too. And then of course a bunch of first round games. ACC will have 
the three team hosting the six team and the four and the five teams will have so a bunch of conference games kick off on Sunday. So there you go. Big games for the week. Nice. Uh, I forgot one of my questions for just shut up. I got to get back to it. This is a good one. South Alabama loses at some point in the conference tournament. Does the conference USA get two teams in? Oof. So you saying they do get two teams in if they lose? They're not in Conference USA, though. What's their league? Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, Sunbelt. 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 Yep. My Sunbelt. bad. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sunbelt. What's their RPI? 24. Yep. What's their best win? 46, Lamar. 48, Georgia Southern. Okay. Okay. Um, their strength is <laughs> good. <laughs> no, they're not going to get in. I mean, those – obviously, the Sun Belt's done a great job scheduling. But what's going to be done doing is the their, – and the best result, by the way, is a draw against Mississippi State. But I don't think anyone's ever getting an at-large bid if your non-conference schedule says 340, 334, 258, 236, 208 on it when you play in a league that's got several yeah. plus 200 teams. Okay. Uh, Good point. Um, all right. So you're saying that just shut up, Matt. Just shut up, Matt. Okay. And then uh, last question, and then we'll get into the teams of the week. Um, Stanford Bulldogs will not win the Southern Conference Tournament. <laughs> we can say that in they are, they are they are the three seed yeah just shut up Matt they're, <laughs> they're the most talented team in the league there's no overtime in these games 90 minutes anything can happen you're not going to win 10 or 11 straight or whatever it was you're not winning one for the third toe uh, <laughs> it's the way luck goes but they will win the tournaments and and, and yeah. they have the and they have the maestro on the sidelines over there too. With all yeah, of yeah. that you know, being said, they they have the maestro over there. So yeah, shut up, Matt. All right, all right. Team of the week. I'm going first. My <laughs> team of the week is the Texas Tech Red Raiders, champions of the Big Twelve Conference. Lost one of their best players to an ACL. In, uh, in Blackburn and um, had to grind out last few wins. And because they won last night, it helped put in the Oklahoma Sooners into the conference tournament. So uh, congrats to Coach Stone on finishing the season undefeated uh, at 14-0-4 and winning the very difficult Big 12 conference. Uh, so congratulations, Texas Tech. Awesome. Awesome job done by Duke alum Tom Stone. Mm. <laughs> All right, Churchy, go ahead. My team of the week is a team that's helping us a lot is the Wisconsin Badgers. Mm. What an awesome job. Mm -hmm. First game, they went to uh, Maryland and won three to nothing. Second game. What did they, they do in that second game? They went some they went to Penn State. Penn they State. Went, Happy Valley. Somebody said they were undefeated at home. Yep. Undefeated at home. Would yep. not lose at home. Would no, not lose at home. No, no way no, at home. No, no, no. And somehow 
I had to check the score twice when I saw it. I mean, I just yeah, had to go, I can't see how you can absolutely. <laughs> go back and get it and sleep <laughs> down. I mean, and let's be honest, what a what a tough place to go. And what a, a oh, great, very tough. No one wins. No one wins in Happy Valley. What was the score? Think one nothing. One nothing. One Wisconsin. nothing. Ooh, one nothing. Man, hard to believe. Hard to believe they could score uh, yep. the Nittany Lions. Yeah, and they, so. they are now twelve three and three. So that is that is my team of the week. Congratulations! Well, let's give it up for Nebraska and Michigan State, who yes. won the Big Ten um, yes. after uh, Penn State lost at home, which is impossible and has never been done. And they have all the best players. And if you were picking the top eleven, you'd pick all of their players first, but. Somehow did make it, and congratulations to Nebraska and Michigan State on a well-earned Big Ten championship. All right, Brian, team of the week? Well, it's not Penn State, is it? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, I'm going with the upset colonial champion, Towson State, behind Hofstra in the standings after a loss at Northeastern and came through this weekend. First win in away to William and Mary, who's only got three losses on the year and then turned the tables on Hofstra's 12, four and one. And with a solid two nil win to claim the colonial champion, regular season championship. Congratulations Thompson. That is a good one. All right. Upset of the week. I am going to go and it's not maybe necessarily a huge upset but in where everybody was and the standings and all that stuff it was a huge 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 win for the Auburn Tigers and coach Hoppe beating LSU at home on Sunday three to zero after LSU had tied Arkansas at home and Auburn had lost at Florida for the Auburn Tigers to come back and get that commanding impressive three zero win and uh, I think it gets them certainly close to the tournament or very close to getting in the, the conference tournament. So congratulations to my pals over at Auburn with a big 3 nothing win, um, Auburn Tigers. Chalk one, up, chalk one up for the visor. That's impressive. There it is. There I tell is. you what, anyone who's coaching the SEC for a decent bit of time knows that you don't want to be playing Auburn when they need to win. To do so, you don't, and you especially no, you don't. don't want to be doing it at Auburn. That is, no. she'll have a revved up, primed, ready to roll, always does. So, congratulations to Karen, just to echo that. Yeah. Um, all right, my upset of the week, I'm gonna go with Arizona State one, Southern Cal nil. Ooh, good one. Sealed, sealed, uh, an NCAA bid for Graham and Arizona State, big time win, and a really important game for them, uh, out west. Love it. Go I'm going for the upset of the week is Bucknell one, Princeton zero. Ooh. I am going. Good. That was a huge win. I almost had Bucknell. If any of you had stolen Wisconsin from me, I was coming with Bucknell as my team of the week <laughs> with that win. Also being Lafayette on the weekend to move right behind Army in second place in the Patriot League, too. Love it. It's good ones. It's always that good when we good get, out, get out of the Power Nine. Um, the finish to the Patriot League is kind of awesome. Four of the five teams are playing each other. I think there's five teams that could win that league. I do too. Wow. Yeah. You, know, you know what that's a lot like, Churchy? That's a lot like the Big Ten coming down. We talked about this last week. Like, anybody could win. You know, there's like Michigan, Nebraska, Indiana, 
and uh, Penn State could have won it. And one of us thought very strongly that Penn State would win because they were at home. But yet Nebraska, who I picked, just for the record, to win the Big Ten, did win the Big Ten. Um, well, okay. tied it. So. Put this out with Matt now. The, uh, you better hope Penn State coaches aren't listening to this and playing it for Because when their 19th kid who's not on the travel team and plays nine minutes a game, hits the portal, Oklahoma yeah. and every other Big 12 team would be like, hey, hey. <laughs> guys how's this kid do they want to come to oklahoma they want to come to texas Tech? i don't know what your point what's your point what's that what's that have to do with college soccer nation that has nothing to do with college you're soccer being nation. so negative on penn state penn i'm state not negative on penn state no no whoa 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 penn state is a fantastic program and fantastic team and well i think it would be a number one seed very very possible yep but sure. just one of us on here got a little carried away on the love fest for penn state so we have to wait. Well, no, let's keep it. Remember when when the 15th player hits the portal because you want to play 20 minutes a game, not 60. Rice is a possible destination. I oh, you. Maybe do. she doesn't want she doesn't want that kind of academics. Way too hard. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this up. So, Churchy, you have the Louisville Cardinal at home or away? Uh, we travel to Louisville to a beautiful stadium. Talking about facilities, what a nice oh, big time. Their, their chairs, their coaches' chairs are glorious. They just are. Glorious I, I, just, yes. I may stay in my chair. I may stay in my chair the whole time. Bet you, I bet you don't. I bet you uh, don't. Uh, I see you patrol that sideline. Robbie wants to go play on really nice fields. That's his big concern. Matt wants to go somewhere that's got great coaches' chairs. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. It's got to be comfortable. It's about Matt's comfort. Always is. Um, all right, so Churchy, win, win it, win it, win at all costs, right? Got to win. Gotta Stay win. above five hundred, and uh, and get you in the tournament. All right, Brian, you have the Roadrunners. We do. It's it's Conference USA regular season champ from last year against Conference USA tournament champ. None of us will be in the AAC tournament, so stepping into a Power Nine league, those when we call them Power Nine people, they're better. So sorry to. <laughs> 10 through 30, because Conference USA was probably 12, 11, 10th on a given year. Uh, but we'll play USA and Dirk Pittman. Should be fun. Um, yeah. See what happens. Love it. Is that home or away? That is at home. Yes. Mm. Friendly confines. Yeah. Gotcha. And we are headed to the Round Rock Sports Center, I guess it's called, uh, to, again, turn around and play Oklahoma State again. Another bedlam. So uh, crazy week for everybody. We will be back, we hope, next Monday or Tuesday. Do another pod. And that, that by that point, I think we'll wait. The, the bracket won't be out. No, we'll have one more week before the bracket's out. Uh, but we'll get even closer to who's where and what. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, we appreciate you listening. Uh, College Soccer Nation is out.